And it sure is this candle burn And if you're lost Begged you Finished you Saw you Held you Hello, welcome to Prince Track by Track. I'm your host, Darren. And today we're going to be talking about Dinner with the Lores from Chaos and Disorder. Uh, recorded mid-1995 at Paisley Park and then uh, some overdubbing in uh, 1996 uh, at South Beach in Florida um, and released on the 12th of June 1996. So just a couple of weeks after Prince had kind of done a bit more kind of uh, messing with the track. Uh, on the track you have Prince and you've got Michael B and Sonny T. Um, and the track itself is a short two minutes 46, like pretty much everything on Chaos and Disorder. <laughs> uh, it's as short as it needs to be to get Prince out of a recording contract. Right. <laughs> and joining me to talk about it is Zachary Hoskins. Hello, Zachary. Hey. Uh, now, as far as like a, a genre, I think we can we can safely stick with ballad. Mm. Uh, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Um, you know, uh, although... <laughs> I, it, I, I, f- I find it really funny that Prince has the word Brontosaurus in this song. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. a thing that amuses me no end. Right. Um, you know, that, he, that I, I don't know. I don't know why he put it in there, but it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's just really funny that it's in there. Yeah. Um, did did he come up with the name Dolores or the name or or Brontosaurus first? Like, which, I t- <laughs> which is he trying to rhyme with the other? Because that that's yeah. the only... <laughs> reason I feel why like he, I feel here. like he had to work backwards and be like, yeah. "Oh, Brontosaurus, what would rhyme with that?" Um, and then you know, it's like that episode of Seinfeld where they're trying to figure out you know what her name rhymes with, um, and you know, so it's like, well, Dolores, yeah, that works, Dolores, yeah. Brontosaurus, and then, and then there you go, you got the rest of the song. Um, it was released as a single um, on the twelfth of June, ahead of the album's release, um, and um, I purchased it myself on Casingle. Um, you know, uh, which the design is absolutely terrible. It's like a shot from the video with like a the kind of the decaying print symbol, um, you know, that was part uh, of the kind of the, the chaos and disorder stuff. And the right. words dinner with Dolores are just in that oh, terrible font that for some reason Prince, <laughs> Prince decided to use. Um, the B side on the single was just had you. Um, but then also you had right the wrong was on the CD single mm. over here in the UK. It got to number 36 on the top 40 <laughs> so and i think it was gone after one week mm. i think it was literally out it was in for one week and then it was gone and i remember the video for it being premiered on um i think it was on a show that was on channel four over here and it was like the world premiere <laughs> and it was like you know when it was being introduced i remember who was whoever was introducing it which i want to say it was Davina McCall, but I'm not 100% on that, saying this is the first time anyone's seen this video. You know, Prince sent it over to us personally and they played it. And then three minutes later, you know, that was it. We'd seen dinner with Dolores. And <laughs> and then, you know, it pretty much, I think, you know, it showed up on MTV in America quite a lot because, you know, the single itself was never released in America. But over here, I don't recall seeing it much, maybe one or two times over the summer, but you know, Prince was already kind of gearing up for the whole emancipation promotion thing. So he was trying to bury anything that was Warner Brothers as soon as he possibly could, Um, you know. And I remember as well, I I had um, an advert cut out of um, a magazine for Chaos and Disorder that was like a a, a one third of a page advert for Chaos and Disorder, Um, you know, which I had, um, I think, on the inside of my, uh, my wardrobe. 
uh, for a number of years. <laughs> um, you know, so I was excited about the release of this album, you know, and this single was like the first that, you know, that we heard from it. And it's it's barely <laughs> three minutes. Right. And then the B side <laughs> is Had You, which is barely a minute and a half. So, you know, for, for my 99 pence, which is what singles cost back then, I was getting barely five minutes worth of music. <laughs> Possibly the most expensive song that I've ever bought, um, you know, compared to, you know, Emancipation, which when I bought it on CD, you know, uh, a few years after its release, I think I got it for six pounds for oh, yeah. a triple CD. Yeah, no, there's, yeah. Emancipation is the one thing about that album, because a, a lot of people, myself included, definitely bought that you know, over overstocked <laughs> copies and uh, you got a, a lot of bang for your buck. That was a bargain compared yeah. to this. You know, I was getting 36 songs for six quid here. I was right. paying 99p for five minutes of music. Um, but anyway, so, you know, I'm not going to get that 99 pence back from Prince. Uh, you know, I feel like my chance to sue him for that money is gone. So, you know, the song itself, um, I would if I if I said it was slight, I feel like I'd be overselling it. You know, um, to me, it's kind of a song that is barely there. Mm. Um, like you have this really gentle kind of like guitar um, sound um, you know the drums are really kind of quiet and then you have this kind of you know very kind of uh, you know kind of quiet bass line as well it's not really like a song that's announcing itself like as a lead single as the only single from this album like it it kind of doesn't it isn't there to kind of make an impact it's like right and, and prince's vocals as well are kind of you know we're kind of back up in his falsetto mm -hmm. and it's very kind of gentle um, you know, even when we kind of get to the chorus where, you know, we kind of get a bit more kind of production there, it still doesn't feel like there's much going like he's not really selling it. Aside from saying the word dinner with Dolores a couple of times, you know, um, and then at the very end saying dinner with Dolores, no more. That's the end. Like it just like kind of hard. It almost feels like there's hardly anything to this song. Um, almost as if he hadn't have put the word brontosaurus in there I don't think people would have remembered it um, you know but I, I still think there's some interesting stuff in the lyrics you know particularly as when he says dinner with Del Dolores must be some kind of sin and I'm like uh, what is going on here like who mm. is this Dolores why is having dinner with her a sin um, and then of course when he says like a brontosaurus she was packing it in and I don't know what I mean I, I, I guess Prince is looking for another way to say that she had a big booty. And, and this is this is I the guess. way he's gone yeah. for it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he uh, he definitely chose the least appealing way to say that. But, <laughs> so which I guess is a, an accomplishment. Yeah. Um, and then like kind of I mean, I, it's weird because it doesn't really feel like there's a first chorus structure to this. Just that kind of, you know, we get slightly different kind of things happening in each verse. Because then you get this little kind of underneath the music kind of changes to this kind of fill where you have the first night we dined and by the by the next time the girl was eating all but the tip. And then we kind of go back to the kind of the, the, the gentle strumming guitar. There's kind of almost like a little kind of drum fill underneath that kind of part of the song. Um, and again, this kind of she was eating all but the tip. I mean, obviously, you know, there could be a sexual connotation to that. Um, right. But I don't think that's what he means. I think he literally means she was like eating tons of food that she almost ate the money that was being left behind as a tip. And, right, right. Uh, so yeah. it's like, I, I mean, I don't know what, it, like, who is this Dolores? I mean, like, the picture that's being painted <laughs> is so kind of strange. And then, you know, the story kind of continues with, by the stroke of midnight, she wanted some more, um, showing dirty movies like some kind of whore. I mean... You know, the song kind of really, really takes uh, a kind of an odd turn. Of all the people that complain about 
showing dirty movies. I, I, Prince has a lot of nerve to, to, to take <laughs> yeah. uh, to take offense to that. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, this is when we kind of go back to the, you know, uh, because she was wasting the time because there wasn't a line that wouldn't make me come round her door. So, it, you know, he's like, it doesn't matter if she's showing dirty, dirty movies or has a backside like a brontosaurus or is, you know, <laughs> eating so much stuff that she's basically eating the money off the table. You know, that's not going to stop Prince from coming around to see Dolores. <laughs> and I, I don't even understand, like, you know, he's basically saying she's so appealing that nothing that she does is going to stop him. And I'm like, OK, Prince, I mean, that's admirable, you know, that, that kind of it doesn't matter what she's doing, but. I, I don't know. Um, and of course, we get probably one of my favorite things where it's like, um, you know, obviously he says dinner with Dolores must be some kind of sin. Her bells just are broken since 1984. Um, and, and like, it's like, so you're complaining now that the bell on her, you know, building is broken since 1984? Like, <laughs> it seems like a weird thing to kind of bring up. Uh, and then my favorite part, literally the entire song, probably the entire of this album is the dancing like a white girl on d- disco dirty floors. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I don't know if this is meant to be, you know, like, a, you know, a black woman that he's talking about. And obviously that's why, he, you know, he's saying dancing like a white girl, you know, as if to suggest that, I don't know, maybe she's she doesn't have rhythm or. I don't know, some kind of cliche, but I, I don't know. I just find that line quite mm. funny where it's like, you know, he's complained about the fact that her bell's broken and then he's like, and she dances like a white girl, like uh, like on a disco <laughs> floor, basically. Um, and then we kind of get the fill again with, with Dan Dolores, pick another subject, please. Uh, introduce the carpet to something other than your knees. Um, and I, mm. I'm not quite sure, you know, where that is going. I'm not sure what Prince is asking there. Um you right. Know, I don't know. Maybe she she ends up dancing and she ends up on her knees and and you know he's like the, this carpet is fairly dusty. It needs a vacuum running over it. So um, I don't know. It's I, I, this kind of the the picture that's being painted of Dolores is kind of really weird and it, it you never quite get the grasp on exactly what Prince is trying to tell you. Um, yeah. And then he my favorite part is I mean I keep saying my favorite but I do I do kind of love the kind of the strangeness of the lyrics of this song. Uh, where he says, like a real confession, no one could be more made up than you. Um, <laughs> nothing's left for guessing. What a shame. Boo hoo. <laughs> uh, and then we kind of get a little bit of a fill. Um, and, you know, we have Dolores repeated a couple of times before Prince says, I'd call you a friend, but it must be a sin. And I've run out of cheeks to turn. And then he says, dinner with Dolores. And we kind of get the, the guitar fill, the kind of, the you know, the, the, the open strings, basically. Um you know, and then Prince sings no more. That's the end. And that pretty much was it. That was the end of Prince yeah. releasing singles through Warner Brothers. <laughs> and if you had the single that immediately went into had you, which, which is kind of made it clear what Prince felt, um, mm, you know, yeah. so, uh, which is why the single had a parental, you know, advisory label on was for had you <laughs> not dinner with Dolores. Cause I remember listening to dinner with Dolores and thinking, this is a parental advisory. I mean, <laughs> You know, he says something about her eating the tip, but I mean, I don't think he's right. talking about that. So, you know, why? And then, of course, Hadju comes on. And by the time you get to the last two words, you're like, oh, there we go. That's <laughs> that's why this is parental advisory. But yeah, and I do. I mean, I do kind of love the, you know, no more. That's the end. Just be the end of a song being announced with the words the end. Yeah, I think that's that's probably that's kind of the coolest moment. This is this is a song that I um I struggle with a little bit. So, I, you know, I. I um, it's 
probably my by default my my favorite song on Chaos and Disorder, which is not an album that I care for. <laughs> or you know, I mean, it was definitely a it was a contractual obligation obligation record, so it was not really an album that you're supposed to to care for, I guess. But um, yeah. you know. Uh, and I, and I do think that the sort of dissonance between the the prettiness of the melody, um, and like you said, the very you know this is kind of one of his most gentle vocals since you know his first album even, yeah. um, and and then the the very kind of mean spirited lyrics are sort of conceptually interesting, although they also kind of it, it, it sort of rubs me the wrong way a, a little bit. Um, there's uh, one thing that I, I thought was interesting in in preparing for this recording is, um, you know, I read the the Diffuser article about it, which which kind of helped clear things up, because my my <laughs> question has always been, who is is this like who who is he being so like? brutal about in this song and i i'd heard before there had been rumors that it was about vanity um which seemed just like exceptionally mean-spirited considering he (laughs) hadn't had anything to do with vanity in like 13 years when he when he wrote this this song uh and and then um but the the diffuser article mentions it it could have been sort of a, a a dramatized uh you know call back to um a a story that Madonna told about having lunch with him, which is also, you know, like, uh, I, I don't know, but it, it could also be about Warner brothers, which I think is the most compelling interpretation that it's all kind of an allegory for his relationship with Warner brothers. I, I still think that there's, there's something kind of, there's something kind of problematic about like, you know, taking your grievances with your like greedy, record company and personifying them as a woman. And that's something that, <laughs> yeah. that, you know, Kendrick Lamar has done recently too. And it's a little, it's a little tired, but, um, but it's at least not, it's at least another step removed from just like actual misogyny. Uh, Cause otherwise the song sort of, it reminds me of like Michael Jackson's dirty Diana with just, just this, like just, just an expression of disgust, uh, you know, toward this woman. Uh, it's 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 yeah. a, it's sort of an unpleasant song, um, ironically, given how pleasant it sounds. Yeah, and I mean, I guess you know, I, the reference to nineteen eighty four maybe is the thing that kind of pegs it to be Madonna, because obviously nineteen eighty four was when she like broke really big, right? And you know, the fact that when he says her bell's been just a broken, uh, you know, there was a, a feeling. I mean, the, I, I guess this is mostly true, which is Madonna's range is kind of limited, her vocal range, um, you mm-hmm. know, when compared to most singers. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, let's put it like this. I can sing most Madonna songs and I don't yeah. have a great vocal range, um, you know, but I get, you know, that I, I, I got nothing, you know, I got no problem with an artist working to their strength. There's no point in her trying to do like a Mariah Carey, you know, runs up and down the scales if she can't right. do that. So, you know, songs were always written to fit Madonna's voice. And that's 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 how you make a, you know, that's how you make a start is you you get yeah. the material to fit the person. You know, I don't think Madonna's singing was ever the selling point for Madonna. <laughs> Um, you know, literally everything else was a selling point for Madonna. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess taking a shot at Madonna and saying that she's been doing the same thing since 1984. But at the same time, like, you know, Prince and, and Madonna, they, you know, they worked together a little bit in like 89, 1990. And I don't think there was ever stories of them kind of like falling out or, you know, breaking right. up in any kind of way or or not enjoying working together. 
you know, Love Song, uh, which, you know, I may cover as a bonus episode at some point. You know, uh-huh. I think it, it sounds like a song of two people who enjoy working together. You know, their vocals work together. You know, it sounds like a fun collaboration. So it seems odd that th- this would be like the point at which Prince is like seven years later is like, oh, I remember this one dinner where Madonna ate tons of food and I ate nothing. And so right. he decides to dramatize <laughs> yeah. that. Like that feels completely like out of nowhere. Um, right. You know, I yeah. feel if like it's about a real person, whether Denise Matthews or Madonna, it seems like exceptionally mean spirited. Uh, yeah. You, you know, by because of the the length of time that that either of these people have been relevant to Prince. And I feel like if Prince had wanted to take a shot at either of them, he would have done a B-side in the 80s about it. He wouldn't right. have, he wouldn't have waited to do an album track in the 90s about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it kind of it more it more fits kind of the idea that this is about Warner Brothers. Particularly the and I've run out of cheeks to turn. Like mm-hmm. the idea that Prince is like I'm I'm done trying to accommodate Warner Brothers. This is the final album I'm releasing for them. This is the right. final single I'm release. Like it feels like there's a certain finality. And if if anyone you know if you watch the performance on Letterman, it certainly feels like Prince is contractually obligated to be there. <laughs> and you know, I mean, the band actually put a really kind of nice production to the song. They kind of really bring it alive, and they make mm-hmm. it more than just you know Prince and a guitar. You know, they kind of really kind of fill it out. Um, but at the same time, it does kind of feel... I mean, even Prince's kind of his slave on his cheek has smudged off a little bit because it seems like he, <laughs> he must have got bored of waiting to, you know, perform the song. Um, yeah, he he looks very uh, not thrilled to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, so I, I guess as a shot at Warner Brothers, it kind of works more than, you know, maybe a shot at, at any specific person. Um, right. You know, so to speak. Um, but you know, I I still I still think you know that it's an interesting song. You know, this is this is the last single that he'll ever release on the Warner Brothers label. You know, this is it. Um, you know, his career that began you know in nineteen seventy eight finishes here. You know, on on the twelfth of June nineteen ninety six. That's the and, and you know, looking back, you still have another twenty two years of Prince's career or twenty right. years, should I say? Because you know, two thousand sixteen obviously was his his final album. So you still this is this is kind of like this isn't even the halfway point of his career. And yet right. this is the point where he's kind of, you know, giving up on, um, you know, giving up on Warner Brothers. Um, so, you know, it's uh, obviously at the time, you know, as a Prince fan, um, I was like, first of all, I've been ripped off, <laughs> uh, you know, 99 <laughs> pence for, for two and a half songs, basically. Um, but, you know, also like Prince was, like I said, he was already building up to emancipation. He was already talking up emancipation and proclaiming that, you know, that was coming out in a few months time. Um, you know, he, he put out the, the Girl 6 soundtrack in between, um, you know, so it felt like Prince, you know, creatively, like he was getting ready to kind of go in new directions. And, right. you know, this is kind of the fact that he I mean, I don't think it's any any kind of coincidence that he picked this as the lead single, um, because obviously it does finish with him saying the end, um, mm-hmm. you know, and so it is him kind of very clearly drawing a line under his Warner Brothers career and saying, you know, this is this is the end of this career. Um, you know, there's there's going to be <laughs> there's going to be no more, um, you know, no more s- singles from Prince, no more albums from Prince. Um, you know, the next the next that we hear of Prince is, you know, December of the same year. And, you know, he's released Betcha by Golly Wow, um, you know, and, and and that's it. Then then, you know, we kind of we're in emancipation and uh, and the 36 songs that that entails. 
And, you know, it's all about them Prince, uh, you know, also up until this point, you know, the stuff against Warner's, the stuff against Warner's have mostly been just him writing slave on his cheek and, you know, mm-hmm. giving one word answers in interviews. Like he'd really kind of, uh, you know, as he was never a particularly open person up until this right. point, but he had really started to kind of clam up and just not communicate with anyone, um, which I think, you know, t- kind of didn't help him in this kind of, you know, this this battle with Warner's because, Warner Brothers had, you know, um, they had a whole office full of people doing press releases that could kind of write stuff about Prince. And Prince didn't seem to want to kind of fight back. And, you know, he right. just he just wrote slave on his cheek and everyone had to figure out what that meant. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like that kind of did him a disservice. But then when he got to emancipation, you know, he, he, he started inviting journalists in. When he was touring with the Gold Experience, you know, he, he started inviting journalists backstage so he could give them interviews. So he started to kind of open up a little bit more um, as as he was approaching the end of this contract. Um, so, you know, it's interesting that this is the song where he's like, yep, this is me. I'm done with Warner Brothers. And I can imagine if you were someone who didn't know, like, the ins and outs of Prince's career, I can imagine you walking into, you know, like a HMV over here and, and seeing, you know, this this kind of single for Dinner with Dolores with this kind of decaying Prince symbol on <laughs> and this disinterested looking Prince, you know, which is just a shot from the, the video. And, you know, the words Dinner with Dolores kind of scrawled in this horrible typeface and just looking at it and going, what has happened to Prince? Like, yeah, right. What, what is right. going on with his life? Like, what it, what is this? Like, I can imagine that being kind of the main thought. And then, you know, the next time you see him, you know, he's promoting this triple album and it's, you know, he's he's a lot more kind of open and, you know, performing all over the place. Like, the amount of press and kind of coverage he did for Emancipation, it, you know, it's markedly different to everything that was going on, you know, with the gold experience and chaos and disorder. Yeah, this is this is kind of the end of Prince's kind of career with Warner Brothers with this song. Although obviously there's more, you know, more tracks for us to discuss on the album. Right. But it's kind of interesting that this is the point where Prince kind of drew a line under his, uh, you know, his career with Warner Brothers. And like I said, even though it got a release over here, it only got to number 36. And I can remember that by the time I went to, you know, when I... Because I used to, obviously, being a Prince fan, I would always go and see the charts on a Monday morning. And, uh, you know, the singles charts over here, what they would do is they would put the singles, you know, next to the numbers so you could see where they were. So if you wanted to buy them, you, you know, you could still buy them mm. that week. And I remember seeing, you know, the single and CD for uh, Dinner with Dolores, like, down there at number 36 and being like, oh, that's that's not staying around for much longer. Like, you know, next week that's going to be gone. Um, and <laughs> yeah. I think I think that was correct. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I think it's an interesting kind of song. Um, but like I, you know, I don't think it's about a specific person. I think you can read the song that way if you want to, but if it is about a specific person, then it is a kind of a, an extremely kind of cruel attack. <laughs> Prince is, is kind of making here. Um, and essentially people who are defenseless to, to kind of, I, mean, I guess Madonna could have done another track back at Prince, but I, you know, why would she get involved in all that? Right. <laughs> um, you know, um, but yeah, so I, I'd like to think it's just about Warner Brothers and kind of the, the end of his relationship with them, um, you know, and, and in that case, it's not quite as bad as a song as you might think. Right. But, uh, for me, I would say um, four out of five. And I think it's just kind of the whole I mean, I think like some kind of whore, like maybe that's the line where I'm like, mm, I can't give it five out of five if, <laughs> if Prince is going to be kind of saying that kind of thing in this song. You know, even if he does say like a brontosaurus, which, you know, possibly, possibly the greatest Prince lyric ever, ever written. I, I would, again, um, kind of similar to um, when when I talked about Shy earlier for the gold experience. Uh, if it's on a curve, I would give it a four. 
if it's just in Prince's whole, you know, his entire catalog, it's probably more of a three. Um, uh, you know, the rest of Chaos and Disorder, though, makes it look pretty good <laughs> see now i love chaos and disorder because i i bought i bought that as an album for my birthday so i know yeah. some people yeah i i know it has it, it it's it's funny with um you know there's prince's stuff it's like the same person can can think that you know one thing is just like incredible and another thing is just like trash like he he really his music encourages very very strong reactions either way. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, I mean, you know, obviously uh, I'm going to be talking about a lot more songs on this album, so I'm not going to give away what, you know, the other songs that I enjoy in this, but you know, I think Dinner with Dolores is probably up there as one of the, the kind of two or three better songs on here. Um, I would say along with the title track, you know, I kind of like what he does with the title track, um, you know, and there's a couple of other songs after this that I, I think are probably kind of in the same range, but um, you know, that's just me. That's, I mean, this is this is what happens when you know you buy an album for your birthday and you listen to it like for most of the summer. Yeah. You, it just ends up being something that you kind of sentimentally enjoy so much. Um, you know, and then right. you know, by the time I finished listening to this for most of the summer, you know, then Emancipation came out. So <laughs> it was a busy year in 1996 for Prince fans. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, he was really yeah. kind of cranking the material out. Um, so you know, um, like I said, the the only real live performance was kind of Letterman, and he did it a few days later. Um, you know, on uh, I think NBC's Today Show, and then that's it. Never performed the song ever again. Much like a lot of stuff from this time period, um, you know, no one has ever covered it, um, which I think is a pity because I feel like this is a song that could kind of could st- could stand someone covering it in some way, um, you know, and kind mm-hmm. of bringing a bit more attention to it. But uh, yeah, you know. Um, it, it's just kind of one of those it, it's weird because it feels like it's an album track but obviously it was released as a single but it feels like Prince only did that kind of out of spite um, you know Warner Brothers are almost like well you have to release a single so he's like okay then this is the <laughs> <Right>. single <laughs> and right. I'm going to perform it exactly <laughs> twice and both times I'm going to look like I don't want to be there Yeah. <laughs> um, you know so that, you know, that, that kind of feels like what that is but uh, yeah so um, I feel like we said about as much as we can about Dolores and her brontosaurus. Uh, so let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Zach? Sure. So uh, as listeners of your podcast are by now aware, I have my own chronological Prince project that is uh, much, uh, it, it's, it's taking much longer than yours. Um, so it will still be plugging away uh, if you go to princesongs.org. It's called Dance Music Sex Romance. And then I also have recently launched a physical magazine, the first issue of which is going to be devoted to art and writing of various kinds about prints. Uh, I'm very proud of it. It's called Dystopian Dance Party, and you can find that at dystopiandanceparty.com. Great stuff. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or uh, you can email us, not sure where you would, at PrinceTrackByTrack at gmail.com. Uh, thanks so much both for being my guest here, Zachary. Uh, thank you for having me. And otherwise, no more. That's the end. <laughs>